Mic check, mic check. Mic check, mic check. Jordi talking, yeah. Jordi talking levels. The levels are okay. Levels, levels. are okay. Levels, levels are, are on another okay. level. Very levels. good levels. Very good levels. 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 Salutations and welcome to another episode of the Native Immigrants Podcast. We are back. Hi. At- okay, I was about to introduce you, but oh, you just sorry. Like, cut me straight in. I'm really tired. I've forgotten how we do this. Yeah, we've because we've been away for it for the last three weeks. Uh, this whole podcast in Malaki is uh, a completely new exercise for us because we have completely forgotten how to do anything. So setting up all the equipment, uh, putting all the whole the mics and everything together. It's uh yeah. Little bit, little bit lost. Our so. time zones are somewhere between New Zealand and here. We lost our minds somewhere between the two. Yeah, because right now you'll be looking at what half one in the morning in New Zealand, and uh, this is the afternoon, and we literally feel like going to sleep right now. Usually, you should you should be able to o- overcome the time zone four or five days into a trip, though. Surely, Jojo B. I'm oh. jo- sorry, I'm joined by my co-host Jojo underscore B. I'm Swami Barakas. Jojo under B. What's going on? Jojo under B. Jojo under B. <laughs> Do you see how like I completely like I'm I am monged out completely. Oh my god, we have no idea what we're doing anymore. No. Who are you? Who I, am I? Um. Yeah. What, what were you saying? <laughs> we're we're um. This is Native Immigrants the podcast. We've been oh, waiting yeah, for we the are. last like uh two three weeks now away from our last episode, episode three. I can't even say. Let's do a recap of what we spoke about in the last episode because we've completely forgotten everything that we spoke <laughs> about. So this is feels like a brand. New, it's a brand new podcast, the Native Immigrants podcasts. We're back, episode. We're 1. not 2. back because this is this is like brand new this is completely new okay fine so, oh. so because um everything that we did three four weeks ago um i can't remember i can't even remember what i did yesterday to be honest but it's okay let's try and remember and let these guys know about what we did yeah um so since we since we last spoke or since you last heard our voices we've just had an epic uh trip an epic voyage an epic journey an epic experience in New Zealand, the f- Middle Earth. Middle Earth is what it felt like. We literally scoured the realms of Middle Earth. Um, but can I just say, it is one of the most beautiful countries I've ever been to. Landscapes, scenery of which I'll, I've never experienced before. Yeah, it was pretty stunning. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know I was meant to come in there. Um, yeah, it was really amazingly stunning. And it made me really happy being there and as you uh, the whole trip was me and my cousin who lives in Auckland both of us trying to convince this one my darling husband that we should move there and have a lovely life living in middle earth these hoes ain't loyal is how <laughs> I'll address uh, Jojo V's attempts to want to move out to New Zealand after only being there for a couple of days it's there's it like you know she's she's obviously uh, a Geordie that's now lived in London for 14 or so years um, and you know that littlest hobo, you know where it's just like, you know, there's a voice that keeps on calling me down the road is where I'll always be, you know. This is what Jojo B is. She's uh, she's lit- basically the littlest hobo in female 
woman form in that she's constantly wants to go from one place to the other because she just never feels settled in one place and so for me i'm a londoner i've grown up in london i'm born and raised here why would i just want to up and move sticks because i've enjoyed a holiday um you know for a couple of weeks in an amazing location an amazingly exotic location but you know for, for because it's just so much better there uh, are you going to take that London? Are you going to are you going to take that though from her? I love the UK. I really genuinely genuinely love the UK and I and you've heard me defend it very very much so. Um when people have um dissed it. I'm not dissing the UK, but what I'm saying is is that the is that New Zealand has a slightly better way of life in terms of it's a bit more relaxed and it's very similar to here. It's pretty much the same as being here to be honest, but it just looks more epic and it's just amazing um and it everyone just seems to have a sunnier outlook on life the outlook on life is i've uh, i'll admit look at me this is me like you know having to rip my pride into shreds and uh you know and talk laterally about something um it's it is a, a much better way of life it's a lot more relaxed way of life obviously i think it's just because we're in london london is the hustle and bustle of the uk and everything is so cattle market just running at each other basically trying to you know the trying to get through the rigors and the grind of life um so that way it was it was the other end of the spectrum and it was a lot more chilled and you are 10 minutes away from a beach and then you're from the same place you're 10 minutes away from mountains and lakes and and dungar which was the key word of this trip (laughs) which i used incessantly pissing off jojo underscore b throughout most of it like oh my god check out that dungar I didn't know what he meant at first because this is not a Punjabi word. No. So I was like, what are you on about? Yeah, it's a Gujarati word for mountain. And, uh, I, you know, at me, at, you know, my childlike uh, ways, uh, was, I was constantly amazed at the sight of uh, dungars everywhere. Uh, dungars with waterfalls gushing through them. I can't lie. It was absolutely stunning, awesome landscapes. Uh, would I moved? Would, would I moved? Would I moved? Would I move? <laughs> To the other side of the planet, though, to um, you know, to to accommodate that, I don't. I, I'm I'm in two minds. That is a downside. It is just so far from everywhere else. Yeah, I think it's closer to the Antarctic than it is to here. Yeah, like it's just. I mean, as you'd expect, because it's southern hemisphere, but it's just so unbelievably far. Yeah. It was a 26-hour plane journey. And anyone that knows me knows that any plane journey that I'm involved in, uh, you'd have to tranquilize me or put me on some serious anesthetic for me to get on a plane for that long. Um, But you know what? I was actually surprised by how well I acquitted myself on a plane for that long. It was surprisingly relaxing. It probably because I took these like um, tablets that pretty much knocked me out for most of the trip. <laughs> it's like super strength tablets that the pharmacist gave you. Yeah, it was just for like, you know, motion sickness and things like that. But these actually knocked me out for a lot. So I was asleep for like six, seven hours of this 17 hour trip um, from um, Doha to to Auckland, which is what where we stopped off at. Um, and I was actually fine on the other side. No jet lag, no, uh, no sickness, didn't need any, um, you know. Um, extracurricular narcotics to help me settle in when I got through to the other side. It's actually the second longest flight in the world that you can do. What's the first? Um, from London to Perth, I think. There's a direct oh, okay. flight now that started this year or is starting this year. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was Doha to Auckland was the longest flight. 
that's crazy. Well, as I said, I, it's just it's nuts that how long we travelled and and the fact that we came through the other side not not stressing at all. Although and we went in, we went and explored Auckland that night. Yeah, there was no there was no rest for the wicked. If I'd organised this trip, it'd have been a very different trip. <laughs> um, but because um, Jojo underscore B organised this trip, and my cousin and your cousin, it meant that there was six a.m. starts and then going to bed at like twelve one o'clock. And f- through the course of the entire week. And then you're asking me why I don't want to move to New Zealand when this is a sign of things to come for me. I think I'll be okay, thanks. It was worth it, though. Otherwise, we would never have seen as much as we saw. We did see it. a lot. So tell me, Jojo B, what are some of the highlights of your trip? Um, so some of my highlights. I really liked Auckland. I love the fact that it's just, I mean, the cities in, in New Zealand are pretty small. In terms of size, Auckland's pretty big, like, because it just kind of goes on forever. But um, in terms of population, I think it's got four and a half, no, four, four, four and a half thousand people. No, I can't say numbers anymore. 450,000, I think is what is what you're looking for. Four and a half thousand people is probably the amount of people that live on the street. Oh my God. Yeah, well, that, that many people. So it's not very much, given that London has like... 10 million? 10 million in Greater London, I think. So it's crazy. It was just so nice. You could just drive in various directions and just reach the beach or get to some beautiful kind of greenery and so lovely. And the sea is so blue and oh, it's just gorgeous. And we went to the very, very northern tip of the northern island, of the North Island, um, called Cape Rango, I think it's pronounced. And it's where two seas meet. It's where the Tasman Sea and the Pacific Ocean meet. And you can see them meeting and the different shades of blue and the different tides and how they kind of clash when they meet. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. It was such a sunny blue day, like blue sky day. And we'd come from like rain and I think it snowed the day that we, the day after we flew. So it yeah, was, it was a big couple contrast. of couple big middle finger back to the UK during that, that period. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, hearing about the snow happening here. That was awesome. And then I think another North Island, because I have to split it into North Island highlights and South Island highlights. Was um, So the next North Island highlight was a place called Rotorua. Yeah. Which um, is your highlight talking about everything we did on this trip? Pretty much because everything was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we if we specify the well, parts. In, well, if you let me get to my point. <laughs> Rotorua was where we saw Maori culture properly. Oh, yes. And that was course. really important for me. Like, I know there's lots of stunning scenery and everything in New Zealand, but I also really wanted to see what the Maoris were about um, and because they had got there before the uh, British did. So, um, or the Europeans, because I think the Dutch were there as well. Um, so it was nice to see what had been there before. European culture arrived into New Zealand, and um, they were kind of like the native immigrants of of their country. In that, yeah. basically, they almost immigrated also from the Pacific Islands, Samoa and Tonga and Fiji, um, and then became natives themselves. Um, so I could, I, I feel like we could, uh, you know, uh, empathize a lot. Yeah, you know, we could identify with their culture. Yeah, apart and- from the fact that they were massive, six foot two. Adonis like oh my word like behemoths those guys that did the hacker oh my god yeah wow yeah there was a there was a couple of guys that uh Jojo B um was salivating over not just me all of the ladies yeah yeah all the Chinese ladies there is an overabundance of Chinese people in New Zealand as there are as many Indians in New Zealand this is very true yeah there's it was, been an Asian invasion yeah we literally have uh you know invaded pretty much all four corners of the planet um in terms of going over there and 
um, stamping our, our mark on. And uh, Indians, uh, specifically Punjabis, especially in Auckland, there was, it was, I felt like I was back in Southall. So I was like, why would I need to move to New Zealand when I'm pretty much living a New Zealand life here in Southall anyway? Well, we, uh, we discovered the, the New Zealand Southall while we were there as well. We drove <laughs> yeah. through it. Which is yeah. very interesting. It was in Auckland. It was a, uh, what was it called? Papa Toe? Papa Toe Toe or something? Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember. It's... It was not far from where my cousin is. And it was uh, interesting to see. Yeah, exactly. They had their little sari shops and their little like jalebi kind of shops on the side. And it was, yeah, it was looking at a mirror image of what we uh, see day in, day out living on this side of London. Um, but we wouldn't let that detract away from, uh, you know, the rest of the country. Um, there was some awesome, like, I'm a massive Lord of the Rings fan. And so seeing Hobbiton and seeing the Shire was a real kind of like kid in a candy shop moment. That was a, that was a good day. Yeah. It was a really good day. Um, South Island. Yeah, go on, talk. So the whole of the West Coast that we did, that we saw. So we drove from a place called Greymouth down to um, Queenstown and we stopped off in various different towns along the way. So we did it over a course of a few days. So that whole drive was amazing. I loved Hokitika, which is where we drove from Greymouth to Hokitika yeah. and that was really nice. Um, it's by the sea, it's a little coastal town. Um, it was a bit overcast, I remember. It was a bit grey, but it was still just really beautiful. Yeah, that morning, it was um, it was so misty. So everyone's talking about, oh my God, the drive from you know down the West Coast is just going to be awe-inspiring for you guys your jaws are going to drop just from driving around <laughs> and we set off in the morning and all we could see is mist so i couldn't even see like 10 feet in front of the car because all it was was mist so we'd we'd flown all that way and we couldn't see shit <laughs> um and you know so it just it, it was a little bit of a you know a kick to the stomach because you kind of think well you know this is the only opportunity we're going to get to see these this amazing lo locations and these awesome landscapes um, and all we're getting is like, you know, mist in front of our eyes. Um, but you didn't let that stop you. You made me hike um, in the pouring rain yep. to, to see a glacier, which is called Franz Joseph Glacier. And um, which is really sad because it was huge and it has receded so much in the last hundred years that now you have to see it from a distance. You used to be able to hike onto it even like 10, 15 years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, but now you have to take a helicopter onto it and do a hike from there, um, which costs an absolute fucking fortune mm. so that's why we didn't do that um but we walked up to a point where you could see it from a distance at least but it was pouring with rain so we couldn't actually see it when we got there and i i am not gonna lie i complained and bitched and moaned at the fact that i was walking in the pouring rain and it was pouring and it was right into our faces as we were walking um thank god we bought those raincoats eh, love? Yeah. um and uh and we got there and we couldn't see shit and i was really angry <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What's the fucking point of this? Why did you make me do this? Walk for an hour in the rain?" And then, as we were walking back, the sun came out, and lo and behold, we could see it. Yeah, I saw all gamuts of Jojo B's personality <laughs> uh, in just twenty minutes of that walking journey to the France Joseph Glacier. Um, you know, and I kind of thought, if I'm if if I have to live with this woman every day here in London, why would I then now spend thousands to fly out to New Zealand and live with her out there? Because the pain will be exactly the same. The nightmare is exactly the same, except I don't have to spend so much. I can just do it from the comfort oh, of my home. Oh, shut up. So um, it was um, awe-inspiring. I keep saying awe-inspiring. Because it was. It's, it was just it just just fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to try to use a word that's not awesome and amazing, which is the only two words within my... Amay, which is our word. It Amay. was amay. 
uh, A-M-A-E. Um, feel free to use that within your vocabulary as well. Just hashtag it and then, you know, just tag us into it Give as us well. some credit. Give it. us some credit because we invented that word. Um, and it, you know, that, that day in itself, we had the mist and we had the fog and all of a sudden, like the mist was clearing and, and I would, I would see a dungar and I'd be like, oh my God, Jyoti, a dungar. Um, and you know, and I we'd stop over every 10 minutes just to, just to take pictures and just to take like, just to take it in, soak it in. Um, and then it cleared by the afternoon and then it was just trying not to crash the car. Is this the, what, the day that we left Franz Joseph? Yeah. Yeah, after we left Franz Joseph, we're driving down towards Queenstown, uh, towards Wanaka first. Yeah. You know, um, just like, you know, the kind of things you see on postcards and the kind of thing you see on like, you know, TV shows and, you know, of what beauty and paradise looks like is what we saw. And it just, then all of a sudden I was kind of, it, I had to remind myself where I was. And New Zealand is one of the, if not the most beautiful country I've ever seen. Yeah, definitely. You know, I genuinely thought we were going to die that day as well because the rain was so bad that when he, even with the windscreen wipers on full, we couldn't see anything outside of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> out of the window. And these these roads are crazy windy. And I mean, it's like a straight drop. The rain's splashing away in the, on the screen and not being, it was a bit like, you know, that opening scenes from Psycho where she's kind of driving and then she can't see shit and it's just splashing in there and you can only just about see fog lights in the distance yeah. um, and then you know she, she's got no choice but to pull her into the Bates Motel and obviously then get hacked to death so you know that was kind of in the, in the back of my mind we stayed in some motels and they were nothing like the Bates Motel they were beautiful motels no there were some awesome motels uh, you know some uh, we, we lucked out basically on not that was the only day it rained we lucked out on we weather oh, okay I was going to say we didn't look out I did a lot of research and a lot of work to find those we lucked out on uh, these motels and <laughs> no, been able to find we them didn't. Um, and the weather um, but you know there was also you know as much as there was some amazing positives about the trip there was a couple of low lights. Yeah. Um, I guess my main <laughs> low light, which was really unexpected low light, I think, for me. And I don't know why. Was it? What do you mean, was it? Was it really that unexpected? Well, I just didn't expect to see it there. Um, basically, we went to Christchurch. And um, and that's where we started our South Island journey. And... Um, and, um... I, I really, really hated it there because we walked out of our lovely hotel, which was on the Cathedral Square where the cathedral's been kind of demolished by the earthquake that happened. And we, there's a kind of um, main square there where stuff happens. And the stuff that was happening that day was a neo-Nazi rally. Yeah, the very first thing we saw. Um, and the, the thing is, what I was most pissed off about wasn't so much that there was a white power rally happening outside our hotel. And the fact that there was um, a number of people there and they were all kind of like, you know, New Zealand power and, you know, get rid of all the immigrants and stuff. It was the fact that Jojo B wouldn't let me take any pictures or footage of it. So really, we can be talking about this and it could sound like we're completely making it up because there's no pictorial or video evidence of this actually happening. They're just going to have to trust us. I was trying to save you. There was nothing to be saved. There must have been about 30 to 40 feet away. They weren't going to beat me up. They were going to beat you up. No one was going to beat anyone up. But it would have been nice to have taken some pictures to show that, you know what? This stuff happens globally. Wherever there's colonialism, there is going to be this kind of activity. And to show people that even in New Zealand, you still have issues like this, you know, happening on a day-to-day -day basis. 
Um, and you wouldn't let me take any pictures. And no. I'm incredibly pissed off. And that I was my really angry that it was happening on my holiday and that I had to witness it there as well as having to kind of deal with the whole fucking load load of shit of it here and it just really i was genuinely just so angry inside you know i was in a really bad mood for the rest of the day mm, yeah because i saw it and i didn't want to be there and i didn't want to have anything to do with it and i was like get me the fuck out of this place the one kind of uh, saving grace from it was the fact that there was only about 10 people there <laughs> and you know unlike the kind of um you know the big kind of rallies we have here with the EDL and Britain First when you have like 200, 300 people. There was only 10. So I'll say that one thing that, you know, UK does it better than New Zealand when it comes to white power rallies. You know, we've definitely got those people on lock. Um, we've got more racist than you. Yeah. Um, but apparently Christchurch is known for it. Yeah, they told us that after we've been there. Yeah. I was like, yeah, cheers, yeah. Thanks, thanks for the heads up. Thanks for the heads up, yeah. Um, so Christchurch is somewhere we probably won't be uh, visiting again. And I wouldn't recommend it if you're anyone of colour. You know, it's it's gone through a lot and it's gone through some massive devastation because of the earthquake. So, you know, the tourist board kind of needs some help in that way. But it doesn't help itself with having kind of overt racist activity like it did during our time there. So, no thanks. No thanks. If I go back to New Zealand, when I go back to New Zealand, I will definitely not be going anywhere near Christchurch again. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so what else, Jojo B? What are the lowlights? Oh, yeah. It's really bloody expensive unbelievably expensive <laughs> in New Zealand. If you want to eat, just make sure you take a lot of money with you. Yeah, yeah. That's most of your, um, the budget of your trip will go towards food and just eating day to day. But the food is bloody good. Food is great, but I'm, I'm paying over London prices at like remote small cafes, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Um, and um, this is almost like two two meals a day, three meals a day. It it is seriously taking the piss, and because most huh. of this stuff is grown in New Zealand as yeah, well. Yeah, but that's the thing, isn't it? That that means that basically what New Zealand does that the rest of the world uh, doesn't do, especially here and probably in a lot of Europe, is that they don't screw over their farmers. Their farmers can actually lead a life. They can yeah. have they can have a life, and they can afford to do stuff and not be you know at the mercy of tesco's or someone where who drive down the prices and mean that they can't make a decent living yeah farmers are living large in new zealand hence the reason why there's loads of loads of indians there because they're like you know screw this we're <laughs> yeah. getting making f4 basically back in punjab and gujarat and places like that we're just going to go out there buy some land in new zealand and have our sons like drive around in ferraris and maseratis and shit we didn't see that many Ferraris and Maseratis. No, there was a lot of Mazdas. They loved their Japanese cars yeah. out there. Uh, you know, loads of Mazdas, loads of Toyotas. Um, you also, know. you're in New Zealand, so it's just better. But um, yeah. Debatable. I would watch some Aussie rules on TV. Aussie rules football. The, <laughs> it's not a sport, is it? It, it? The last series of Lost was easier to explain <laughs> to someone than watching Aussie rules football. I literally didn't have a fucking clue. <laughs> My cousin loved it. And he was, he did, you know, if he tried to explain the rules to me a little bit more, um, you know, in layman's terms, I've been able to enjoy the sport, but I, I haven't got a clue. Um, so if anyone's got any pointers out there or, or some or easy step-by-step -step guide to what Aussie rules football is, please let me know so I can maybe enjoy the sport. Um, there was this one time we were having some dinner, you know, some, I think, comment where it was, I think it was in near Rotorua. No, a place called Russell. And there was an old lady that was sitting at the table next to us. And she just kept saying in the middle of a sentence, throw the word fucking. 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 Uh, and then this was happening fucking again. And I was fucking doing this. 
it's become my favorite swear now ever. Fucking. 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 It's not. I can't even know how you spell that. There's because there's no U between F and C, so it's F C K apostrophe N. Fucking. Fucking. <laughs> so um, if you if you prefer your swear words without any vowels, move to New Zealand. Fucking. Fucking. Um. And they did loads of gluten-free options, loads of fun gluten-free options for Jojo B. Yeah, if you're looking somewhere good to go and you're worried about being, I think mostly as well for veggies as well. So for veggies and for vegans and for gluten-free, then New Zealand will cater for you. Because we had some fucking amazing pizza. Yeah. And fucking amazing no, you, burgers. You, you, you said fucking, that's, oh, that's so. UK. That's fucking. Fucking. Um, <laughs> I have to say, though, undoubted highlight for me over everything in New Zealand was Milford Sound. It's... I thought you were going to say Fag Burger. Oh, my God. I, sorry. Fuck Milford. Sorry. Fucking fuck Milford Sound. It's all about, <laughs> it's all about Ferg Burger. This is, uh, honestly, there's, there's a queue outside this uh, restaurant, which is apparently world famous for these burgers. Uh, and it, it was absolutely divine. The the veggie burger that I had, which is like a tofu with some satay sauce and and a lo- this other secret sauce that they put in it, and the lettuce and the mm, that's some tasty goodness. I had a New Zealand lamb burger, um, which was fucking amazing. Yeah, and then we went back two days later, and I had a Bombay chicken burger, which was also fucking amazing. Yeah, we had it so twice in the space of three days. We are savages. Um, so New Zealand as a whole uh, was awesome, but Milford Sound was the undoubted highlight for me. Oh, yeah. The fact that um, we were in this little boat traveling and through a lake that opened up into the sea, surrounded by mountains that were all uh, had waterfalls gushing through them. And we lucked out and saw dolphins swimming alongside our boat. Seals and dolphins. It just, it, that one day, uh, if I could encapsulate that into a small jar bottle or something that i can keep on my mantelpiece <laughs> it would just be it just reminded me of that story that my cousin told us um apparently again back to the chinese tourists um so they love new zealand so much and everything about new zealand is so like fresh and clean and lovely and beautiful and it, it really is because we drank from a stream an actual flowing stream yes in a from a mountain from a glacier we drank from Man that stream. drank from a stream fam. That's what water is meant to taste like. But anyway, so these Chinese tourists love everything about New Zealand. So what they do is when they go back to China, they buy bottled New Zealand air. New Zealand air. So they buy a bottle of nothing with a New Zealand stamp on the front of it. You can't sell ice to the Eskimos, but you can sell air to the Chinese. Now, have, have you ever seen the, the air pollution reports from China? Yeah. <laughs> I can kind of understand why they do it, right? Because China is very polluted. But oh my God, they buy a bottle of nothing. A bottle of nothing. Um, and also they have a strange fascination for formula milk for, for babies. Baby formula milk, apparently. They buy it in like the shed load. Yeah, it's like it's like a a, a sale at VB and Sons, uh, you know, down the road for Apane on a, on a Diwali weekend. Uh, that's what Chinese uh, do when it comes to formula milk, and apparently they buy it in so much bulk. There's a shortage of formula milk across the whole of New Zealand, which means that supermarkets have to put a disclaimer saying that you're only allowed to buy one jar of formula milk now for the locals. So locals are getting pissed off about it. 
Chinese are buying it in abundance. There's uh, formula milk is like gold dust. Yeah. But if you want to invest in something in and actually formula you know, milk shares, formula milk shares <laughs> in New Zealand. Um, so and it, air. Yeah, formula milk, air, and fucking fucking. Um, so all in all, New Zealand is an amazing place. We we should obviously like be brand ambassadors for tourism because we've sold the shit out of it on this podcast so far, which is obviously going to be listened to by millions. <laughs> like half an hour of, of New Zealand. Half an hour. New Sorry, Zealand. weather's really irritating. People who just put pictures up constantly on, on Facebook and stuff. We've done the podcast of equivalent of that. Yeah, I've had a um, lot of complaints from people saying that, why is there no Jojo B in all your pictures that you put up? Because I took all the amazing pictures of him. She really did. Although I had to get her to do them two to three times. Not ago. that many of me though, is there? I kept saying, do you want a picture of you with this amazing waterfall? But do you know what it is? That's a difference, you see. I just saw a moment and took a picture of you, you staring out into the sea. And I'd be like, oh, that's a nice picture. I'll take it of him and then I'll show him afterwards. But you never did that for me. It's because I, I was trying at different angles to show... The, to show the yourself off. I'm... Yeah. I would try to show some aesthetic beauty in the shot. But then you'd be in the shot and ruin it. So I thought, well, that's a waste of a shot. This is the love that I get. Um, so yeah, reality's smacked us back in the face being back in the UK, but we're going to talk about what's been up to since we've been back, apart from sleeping and, you know, trying to overcome the time zone problem, uh, after this short break. Welcome back to the fucking second half of the Native Immigrants <laughs> podcast. I'm Swami Barakas and I'm joined by Jojo fucking B. How's it going, Jojo B? Fucking great. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be talking about what we've been up to since we've been come back from New Zealand, uh, apart from overcoming the straight demoralization of being back to normal, you know, fucking life. Um, but uh, we did actually go to an interesting book launch. Uh, the other day uh, to support our brother Nikesh Shukla, who um, you know uh, coordinated the Good Immigrant, um, and he's wrote Coconut Unlimited and a few books. You've actually got most of his books. I have. You know, I've you got know. them all. In fact, you're I? welcome, Nikesh Shukla. Yeah. Um, but he's wrote a new book called The One Who Wrote Destiny, uh, which is a big-hearted, smart, witty carousel of a novel about three generations of the same family, riven by feuds and falling outs. United by fates and fortunes. That's very well read out from the back of the book, love. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> um, you know, it's been like it's been two days since we've been to the book launch. We've hardly read the whole book to review for this no, week's show. I haven't show, even have started we? it yet, to be honest. Exactly. Um, but we did go out to support. We did get ourselves a copy. He did actually sign it. He did. And he signed it to Jojo underscore B. Yeah. And the rapper. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know, he's clearly a fan of the podcast, um, as are all the other people listening in right now. Um, but you know, it was, it was, yeah, an interesting event. Um, I have to say I'm really shit at networking now. So I've always been, uh, but I never used to be, I think because being married to you, I've regressed as a human being and it, it means that I can't, I think you can blame it more on the fact that we were half asleep but rather than me that as well, sucking all of your networking abilities out of you. Yeah. But it, it hasn't helped, uh, you know, being associated with Jojo B, which means that going to events is kind of like, can we leave now? Can we leave? I hate it being here. I fucking, I fucking hate being here. Can we just go home now, please? Which is what I, I was getting. I actually didn't even say that. But it has been for the last two years of, of going out to these kind of events. I just, 
I mean, the other night was good. I thought it was nice. It was a nice vibe and stuff. I just didn't really know anybody else there. It was great that, you know, usually at these kind of events, we're the oldest people there. And this time, I actually felt like, you know what? These are my people. Uh, they're people in my age group. Yes. And I don't feel so old. Um, so that was always a, that's always a plus. But it was, I do have to say that they would, we could have gone out and said to people, hey, we're Swan Barakas and Jojo B. We've got a podcast called The Native Immigrants. Why don't you check it out? But I couldn't be asked. You know, and, uh, you know. So I think next time, Nick, should that's be doing. That's why an- we're here, Nick recording be- this in our living room. Nick, should be doing another book launch. Please don't, um, you know, organize it at the same time as us coming back from holiday because. Um, I know it's so selfish of you to do that. Yeah, fucking, what's wrong with you? Um, but it was, um, it was a great book launch. Uh, there was a lot of people. Um, you know, there was another Himesh in the room, and uh, obviously, okay. So let's should we, should we put it out there? Swami is not my real name. Oh my god, is it not? Shit, this is a bombshell being dropped on everyone right now. Yeah, my actual name is Himesh. You know that used to be like a Google search that used to come up if you put your name into Google? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, if, I put, if you put in Swami Barakas on Google, one of, the, one of the few things that come up on the, on the, you know, on the list is what is Swami Barakas' real name? Or Swami Barakas' real name. So I'm putting it out there now for people. My real name is Himesh. Um, there's obviously uh, Himesh Reshamiya, which is a, another famous Himesh out there in the world. But it's not. I don't feel there's a lot of famous Himeshes or a lot of a lot of Himeshes. I feel like I was for years and years and years. I was the only Himesh. I was like Tigger. You know, like the wonderful thing about Tiggers is he's the only one. I was like that with me. <laughs> I can't believe you just compared yourself to Tigger. You're definitely Pooh. So it kind of works actually quite well. I really love honey. Relationship. I really love honey. And my life is revolved around food. So yeah. And since coming back from New Zealand, you are a fatty. Uh, and so am How I. How dare you? And so am I. We're How both, dare you? We both have piled on the pounds. It's true. Too many Ferg burgers, but rightfully so. But, you know, there, there was another Himesh, Himesh Patel from uh, EastEnders. Oh, yeah. So I kind of felt that, you know, two Himeshes being in the same place at the same time, it could cause a, like a solar eclipse that could like obliterate the earth. But we managed to get through the night without what any of that happening. What solar eclipses have you been seeing? Not many, because obviously every, every time we've had a solar eclipse, it's just been cloudy and I've just, the whole moment's oh, yeah, just true. been lost. So I'm imagining if when a solar eclipse does happen, it's the same as having two Himeshis in one room, you know? Um, so, but there were, yeah, other people, Nish Kamal was there and a few people from the, you know, the Asian um, music underground circuit and things like that, NERM and, and Decode from Shiva Sound System. Uh, big up Decode. He messaged me the next day was saying, was that you that was there? And I was like, yes, I was. Was that you? Yes, it was you. And it's great because we're both bald and bearded Asian men. So I feel like, you know, we need to stick together. We need to show more unity out there because, you know, our species is uh, now becoming more common. But at one time, it wasn't necessarily the case. And I feel like, you know, there is, um, you know, we, there's definitely a, a, a market for us in today's uh, market. What you want about? So we went to the book launch. <laughs> Um, and support uh, the one who wrote Destinies out there right now in bookstalls and uh, all other and big bookstalls, smaller bookstalls, and everywhere online. Are you saying stalls or stores? Stalls, stores. Is there a difference between stalls and stores? Well, a store is a shop. It's an American word for a shop, and a stall is it's like, like a, a mar- yeah, it's like a market stall. But it can be sold in stores and stalls. Well, yes. So I, when I'm saying big bookstalls and small bookstores. I'm not necessarily wrong. In your face, Jojo B. I don't know what you're saying again. 
So anyway, um, <laughs> we went to, yeah, so support the book is what we're trying to say. Yeah, buy it. Go on. I'll tell you what it's like when I've read it. Well, I haven't read yeah, it yet. we'll review it and stuff and, you know, and we're quite brutal. So we'll, we'll tell it like it is. Yeah. I'm still reading that, Jane Austen. <laughs> so how is, how is that going, Georgia B? <laughs> oh, I'm really sorry, girls. Um, it was, it's, yeah, it's long. This was slow. actually, wasn't this actually your choice? It was. It really was. Because I was like, oh, let's do a classic. And that was the only one that we hadn't read out of Jane Austen. That was the only one that we all hadn't read. And there's a reason for that now, I've discovered. Let that be a lesson, people. Never let Jojo B choose anything. I think they hate me. But it's okay. We're going to be discussing it next week. It's been a long gap between our book club. Yeah, there really has. Um, you need to get back on the ball, Jojo B. Yeah. Um, but uh, another thing that came up this week, um, which was quite interesting, mm-hmm. um, was a BBC article about um, alcohol abuse within the Punjabi community. Yeah. But um, it did then delve into um, the bigger, the darker side of abuse within families um, and just alcoholism within the, the Sikh community. Yeah. Um, do you want to discuss this, Jojo B? Since you are Sikh and also quite related to alcohol. <laughs> what? Um, I thought, first of all, I think it's brilliant that it's being highlighted and I think it's really important. I think we, the Punjabi community overall has been... Um, kind of associated with you know having a good time and drinking a lot and we can hold our drink and you know all the kind of like inverted commas uh positive sides of um drinking um there is no positive side to drinking well yeah essentially you know i'm not gonna lie i like a drink i um, pretty much drank every day of our holiday but not to excess um and it was it was very interesting to see it being highlighted finally as something that is actually a problem. Um, I thought, as you kind of uh, mentioned just then, um, the the difference between being Punjabi and being Sikh. Um, Punjabi obviously is a, a broader term. It, it's a, you know, you can be Punjabi and not be Sikh. And I think that actually the drinking side of things is very much Punjabi culture. Um, obviously, most Punjabis, uh, most Sikhs are Punjabi, um, and so it's rife within the Sikh community, and it has to be highlighted. But I think the confusion between the terms Punjabi and Sikh need to be, uh, it needs to be yeah, it needs to be clarified because um, I think that actually drinking is a Punjabi problem. I think that it's you know it happens in Hindu Punjabi households, it happens in Muslim Punjabi households. I think that it's a thing that needs to be tackled amongst the whole Punjabi community. So it's really good that the Gurdwaras are now doing stuff and trying to you know have these groups and trying to help people within the Sikh community. But I think also that probably needs to happen um, for within the Mandas for the um, Hindu Punjabi community and the same for you know in in some mosques the masjids need to kind of um maybe start tackling the problem within the punjabi muslim community um but yeah i think it's brilliant that it's been highlighted i think it's really well done yeah um i just yeah i just think that the um the lack of differentiation between the two things Sikh and and punjabi a little bit sloppy but that's just something that it happens all the time. People do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely it is it is a it's a problem. It's been a growing problem. You know, I from the nineties, obviously growing up in Southall, you'd hear so many stories about alcohol abuse within families. Like, let's not beat around the bush. You know, we've all known someone that's been affected by it. We've got we've had family members that've been affected by it, um, and how much it's um, you know derided into you know the day to day lives that they've um, encountered. 
Um, but it's you know it's it's not something that's that's not happening within you know the Gujarati communities. You know I've seen it. Um, you know maybe not to the same extent. I but- think the reason it's been highlighted within the Punjabi community in particular is because um, there's a lot about the culture that then kind of revolves around it so like bhangra music really highlights it and i mean that's partly the reason why i stopped listening to it because i just i couldn't stand listening to that anymore i couldn't i wasn't really that bothered by it in the same way that i didn't like hip hop for ages because that's all it went on about it was like you know hennessy and bitches and hoes and, and drinking loads and that's not really my thing and i don't i don't want to listen to that uh, the same with bhangra i just thought it lost its way when it and it still kind of has with that that is the main subject of most songs. Um, yes, it used to be the subject of some older songs, but it wasn't. That wasn't the only thing that was spoken about in music back then. So I think um, I think that's why it's become a kind of more prominent issue within the Punjabi community. Is that actually the culture is starting to focus around that, and that's wrong. That that's what that to be to be Punjabi, and then that that be the only thing that I'm known for. Yeah. It's not it's not what I want. It's not what I want for, you know, my future children or for other members of my family. I don't want that to be the case. And and I think that we do also need to start being open about the fact that drinking heavily is not it's not a cool thing, it's not a good thing, it's not a big man thing, it's not something that you sh- that that should be the focus of your social life. Yeah, of that, you know, me as a as a musical artist and being involved in the past in the Asian industry and being out to nights out and launches and parties. And, you know, there was a number of people that would heavily rely on alcohol to have a good time, that you had to have alcohol to have a good time. And numerous amounts of these people would then get involved in uh, aggressive nature with other artists and there'd be fights. And I've seen it in award shows where things have, you know, just gone nuts because of a fight within a table and they've had to stop things. So it's like, you know, it you can't have a good time without, you know, certain Asian people being there and, and having alcohol and abusing it and then getting into these problems. You know, um, I know for me, you know, being married into a Punjabi family, I've had to start drinking um, because um, Jojo B has requested me to and that's been my problem, you know. I haven't asked you to start drinking. You said yeah. that in such a serious way. People think actually that's, that's the truth. It is the it's truth. not the truth. I've had, I've had to start drinking. No, to be you to haven't. You. you haven't at all. Before that, I was teetotal. As if. You know, had to drop. <laughs> and uh, Jojo V has corrupted me. But you know what? To be honest, I I started drinking and started probably binge drinking more when I stopped enjoying going out for, without drinking. Because I used to go out and not drink at all mm. up until kind of my mid-20s. And then I hit about 25, 26. And, and I was like... So it's not really that fun anymore. What can I do to make it more fun? And so I just started drinking. And that's not, that's when I realized, it took me a little while to figure that out, but it took, it took, I realized that actually I just shouldn't do it. If I'm not enjoying it, I shouldn't do it. So as much as like, you know, my darling husband and um, various friends of mine have said, oh, you're really boring now. You don't want to go out to clubs and bars and stuff. And I'm like, it's just because I don't want to do it. I don't enjoy it. And if I'm going to go out and be in those places, I end up drinking more than I want to drink and feeling shitty the next day. And be only just to get through the night, just to forget my yeah. surroundings and get through the night. And you know what? Quite frankly, fuck that. I'm going to be 35 this year. I'm old enough now uh, to say, no, I'm not going to go and do that. If you want to go and do it, you can have a good time without me. I don't need to be there. I'd much rather, and this may sound fucking old, but I'd just much rather, if I was to go out right now for an evening out, 
go for a nice, lovely meal, maybe have a couple of drinks at a bar, tops, yeah. you know, that's stretching it even. Um, and then and then and then come back home and chill, you know, I'd, and watch some Netflix, you know. <laughs> but that's I I don't need to go out and get smashed in order to have a good time. And I just I'm just past that now. I'm yeah. past that level. And I feel like you know, there's there's people in our age group that that still want to go out and get smashed uh, as a, as a means of having a good time. And the older older generation do that. And you're kind of like, are we not over that now? Are we not past that now as a society? Surely. But you know, it's a, it's an, still an inherent problem, um, as highlighted in this uh, in this article. And I feel as it needs us as a again a collective community in order to eradicate those taboos, you know, within within our culture, because it's only going to get worse. And especially with the next generation, you know, it could get even worse going forward. I think if you see someone who is regularly drinking to excess, I don't think it's a problem to ask them if everything's okay. I think sometimes they need somebody to ask them if everything's okay. Um, you know, there's various people that I've seen over the years, uh, whether in my family or, uh, you know, of my friendship circle where you, I haven't done that and I, I wish I had, where you just think, hey, should that person be drinking this much that regularly? Um, but I think it needs to be, it needs to be faced and there needs to be less taboo around talking about that. That older generation, like my dad's generation used to work very hard. They worked in foundries. They worked, they did really hard labor. And so they used to go and drink hard afterwards to forget their day, to forget the shit that happened in those workplaces as well, because don't forget that they were working at a time when people didn't like us and they got treated very, very badly. And they, and they were the, the forefront of that. They were the brunt, they faced the brunt of it. So used to have a drink to kind of forget about those days and the hardship of life. And I think for a lot of men of that generation, that continued um, and has become excessive. So, you know, there's a lot of people who see their dads or their uncles who drink a lot. Um, and so that needs to be tackled. Um, you know, my dad had to stop drinking because he was... Um, he was told that he was drinking excessively and he shouldn't be drinking that much. Um, so now he knows he knows he knows how to drink in moderation now, and he and and I and he taught me how to drink in moderation. And I think that's what's lacked. I think some in some families and in some households where the men have actually been drinking very excessively and have never stopped drinking excessively, and then their kids have carried that on as well. Yeah. And I think that that's that's something that's a cycle that needs to stop and it needs to break. And people need to you know you don't have to stop drinking. You just have to drink in moderation, sensibly. And, yeah. and enjoy it for what it is like I love a glass of wine I love a glass of red wine especially but I don't oh, I don't have the desire to drink a whole bottle of wine to myself and feel crap the next day I want to drink a glass maybe two and that's it and I think that's that's the level that people need to kind of see it they need to drink it for enjoying it yeah 100 and plus you know we don't want to get to a point where people are having liver problems and having heart attacks and then it's too late to go back on this yeah. make a change make a change now um right well that's coming up to the end of our return episode of the native immigrants podcast we are probably going to go to sleep now because we're still on crazy new zealand timing although uh, right on cue the little shit from downstairs is screaming its head off again it is you know we thought we'd be away from that going to new zealand but our cousin also has two little ones who love to scream so we're never we're never six feet away from a screaming child <laughs> no matter where in the world we are. Um, but we've got some exciting developments coming up in the next couple of weeks, which we, we have to keep 
really shush on at the moment because it's you know it's so exciting top that, secret yeah and you know jojo b could jinx it completely with with just one word so Shut up. we can't say anything at the moment but we will talk about it in the next few weeks but up until next time this is swami barakas and this is jojo b and this has been another fucking episode of the native immigrants podcast we will speak to you all next week see, see ya, ya. fucking